the genealogies of people are skipped over and not taught and a lot of times not read. There's so much truth in these in these sections of the scripture. So in the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, if you have it, say praise the Lord. All right. Verse one. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him male and female created he them blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created and then from 3 on through 31 we have a genealogical record of descendants and we will talk about that this morning father we come before you right now we ask your blessing to be upon the reading of your holy word we give you all glory and honor and praise in Jesus name amen all right you may be seated in the name of the Lord amen as you're being seated look at your neighbor says good to see you this morning amen all right let's look in the fourth chapter and uh, we'll go from there into the fifth chapter Verse 25. Adam knew his wife again, and she bared a son and called his name Seth. For God said, she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son. He called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, we saw Cain and his descendants in the previous chapter last Sunday night. And uh, it was an ungodly line, an ungodly group of people, his descendants. And the Bible says that he built a city and the focus was on civilization. But when we come to the 25th verse and the 26th verse, we see that Adam, Adam and his wife again bear a son and Seth, and Seth takes the place of Abel. <clears throat> when we get to this line, we're talking about a more spiritual uh, group of people, and the focus is on a godly line. It's the godly line of Seth. Okay? <clears throat> the teaching is, in just those few verses, lets us know that you can be a person who builds a civilization and builds a city, but be a bust in spiritual things. Uh, we have here with Seth being born and then his son Enos the Bible says men begin to call upon the name of the Lord so what we have is a spiritual seed that's taking place now in this line so this is known as the godly line of Seth now the previous line that we looked at on Sunday night the line of Cain produced nothing they produced a civilization but as far as spiritual things they didn't produce anything and so with the birth of Seth and then him giving, uh, you know, siring a son named Enos, the Bible says men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. So God is focusing now on the godly line of Seth. When you get to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, it covers over 1,600 years. And it's dealing with the godly line of Seth. Uh, Cain is completely not spoken of in this chapter because his seed, the ungodly line of Cain, is going to be destroyed at the time of the flood. So what we have is a transition in the latter two verses of chapter 4 from that ungodly line of Cain 
to the godly line of Seth. The ungodly line of Cain building civilizations, but a spiritual bust. The godly line of Seth has a new character of people that are coming onto the world and their focus is on God and spiritual things and they're calling on the name of the Lord so they're not a spiritual bust. Amen. So that lets us know, obviously without me really even teaching you, that you can be successful in this world. You can build civilizations, you can build cities, you can be doing all kinds of things like that, but you can also be a spiritual bust. And that was Cain. But I want to be like the godly line of Seth where God is dealing with them and they are calling on His name and they are spiritual. Now, the Scripture tells us in verse 1 of chapter 5, the Bible says, This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. In the likeness of God made He Him. Now go to Matthew, please. In Matthew chapter 1, We see another book the Scripture makes reference to. Two books. Genesis 5 verse 1 talks about the book of the generations of Adam. And we will see as we go through the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, the book of the generations of Adam, The really the stamp on that book is death. Eight times in the book of Genesis chapter 5, it talks about a person dying. So when you talk about the book of the generations of Adam, you're talking about people who die. And then Matthew chapter 1, we see another book. There's only two books mentioned here. Uh, one in Genesis 5 and, Gen and then Matthew 1. So Matthew 1, 1, please turn there. Okay, it says, The book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So notice... The word book is actually used there. So in Matthew 1, we have the book of the generation of Jesus Christ and obviously those people who are alive in Him. In Genesis chapter 5, go back over there. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made He Him. And as you go through here in the fifth chapter, you will see again people dying. So if you're in Adam, that's Jesus or God warned us that if we take of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says there would be death that would come. And so just as the Lord had said, we see that in this chapter, one person after another is dying eight times. It is recorded death. So this is the book of the generations of Adam and those people who die as a result of sin. Matthew chapter 1, book of the generations of Jesus Christ and those who are alive in Him. Now look at verse 1 again of Genesis 5. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made He Him. Now I want you to notice something there. It does not say in your Bible that man is an animal. Okay? That classification comes from the evolutionist. You are not an animal. Okay, And I think sometimes it, when you read uh, books and you study things like that, what is man? What classification is man? A lot of times they will classify man as you're an animal. But God never called man an animal. 
you are human beings. Okay? So somebody says, you're an animal. No, I'm not an animal. I'm a human being. God never called me an animal. Amen? The evolutionists called me an animal. Right? Do you understand that? So the Bible doesn't classify you as an animal. The Bible classifies you as a human. Human being. Amen? Amen. And verse 2 says, Male and female created he them. So notice, right off, there's a distinction made. Obviously, you have different genders. You have male and female in the human race. God didn't create transsexuals. Amen? God did not make homosexuals. The Bible says He made male and female. So if a person is a transsexual, they made that decision for themselves. God did not make them that way. And what happens is the enemy will come, the devil will come, and he tries to mar the image of God in us, okay? And he will tell you you're a homosexual or you're a transsexual. Let me tell you something by the word of the Lord. Everybody that I ever talked to, that in their mind they were being told they were homosexual, transsexual, I always tell them by the word of the Lord and by the authority of God's word that you are not a homosexual. You are not a transsexual because God did not make you that way. So it is a decision that people make. If they want to be a homosexual, it's not because God made them that way. And you'll hear them say it sometimes. Well, that's just the way I am. That's the way God made me. No, He did not make you that way. You're not a homosexual by God making you that way or transsexual because God made you that way. It's because you choose to live that lie that the devil has brought to you into your mind. Amen. So he, the Bible says he made male and female. It's very important to God that there is a distinction between the sexes. God absolutely does not want a, a crossing over. He does not want that. In fact, Deuteronomy 22 and 5, it tells us it's important for a man to wear a man's garment and a woman to wear a woman's garment so that when people see you, there is a distinction between the sexes. So it's so important to God that the distinction between the sexes be known and be seen that He tells us how to dress in appropriate way. Do you understand that? And the Bible says if we do not dress appropriately, it is an abomination to God. That means if we cross-dress, cross right? Now obviously men don't want to dress like women, at least unless they're, they think they're transsexual. But that's an abomination to God. If a man dresses up like a woman, it's an abomination to God. If a woman dresses like a man. And God, that abomination means that God hates that. So right here in Genesis chapter 5, we have this distinction. God clarifies. Make sure you understand He made male and female. Aren't you thankful for that? Praise the Lord. So there is a distinction God makes right off from the Bible. And it's very important. God threw out His Word. Make sure that we get this. Do not cross those. Make sure there's a distinction between the sexes. Amen. God doesn't make homosexuals. He doesn't make transsexuals. He makes male and female. Amen. 
And if you go into that kind of lifestyle, you will be in hell. I will just tell you that way. I'm not being unloving or unkind. I'm just telling you by the Word of the Lord. If you live as a homosexual, that's a choice you made. It's not how God made you. And you will end up in hell. You have to repent of that. So, well, I need counseling. I'll tell you what you need. Repent. Say praise the Lord, church. Now, I believe the Word of God. You might get upset with what I'm saying this morning, but I'm going to stay with the Bible. And I'm not going to stop preaching it. It's the truth. Are you thankful for the truth? Because the truth makes you free. The lie puts you in bondage. Amen? And a lot of us need a lot of deliverance in a lot of areas, but, you know, this is one you cannot get into because it will destroy you. Praise God. Amen. So male and female created He them. And what He do? Blessed them. He put His blessing on them. And He called their name Adam. So they had the same name. Before the fall, they had the same name. It was Adam. Now you need to understand something. The word Adam is a formal name here. And it is a generic term. It represents, it means mankind. Human beings. So again, you're not an animal. You're a human being. You're a you're a part of mankind. That's why he called both their name Adam. So it's a generic term which represents humanity or being a human being. Okay? Also a formal name. Both of them had the same name before the fall. After the fall, then the Bible says that uh, her name was called Eve. So there was a difference in identity after the fall. Go to Ephesians, please. Ephesians chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 14 and 15, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So the Bible now tells us that the family of God in heaven and earth have the same name. And it's the name of Jesus. So what was lost in the fall, whereas before the fall their name was called Adam, after the fall it was Adam and Eve, when you come into the kingdom of God and you're water baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's when you take His name. And the Bible says the whole family in heaven and earth, the family of God, is called by that one name, the name of Jesus. So God restores back to us what was lost in the fall. Now let's go to look at verse uh, 3. The Scripture says, Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. If you look at verse 1, the Bible says, God created man in the likeness of God and made he him. So before the fall, the Bible says God created us in his likeness. Does that make sense? Okay. After the fall, the Bible says Adam lived, he begat a son in his own likeness. So that tells me right here that originally we were the offspring of God. Man was originally the offspring of God. He was made in the likeness of God. But after the fall, the Bible says that now we're in the image of Adam. Does that make sense? What that simply is telling you is that now all humanity are sinners in need of restoration. Okay. Verse 4, And the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years he begat sons and daughters. Let's look at that again. The days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. 
So that means he begat Seth when he was 130 years old. Because Adam lived to be 930. Okay? Alright, so the Bible says he lived 800 years. Amen? And he begat sons and daughters. Alright, verse 4 again. In the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 900 and what? 30 years. And he what? And he died. And you're going to see that over and over and over in this book of the generations of Adam. This is the second book, uh, the second generations in the book of Genesis. The first one is the generations of the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 2. This is the generations of Adam. So now we see everybody in this book, the generations of Adam. It tells us he was born and he died. 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 He so on and so forth. Eight times it's mentioned here. So you get that right off. The results of sin is that man dies. The wage of sin is death. Okay? So again, reading again, verse 4, The days of Adam after he begotten Seth were 800 years. And he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Seth lived 105 years, and he begot Enos. And Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years, and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. So everybody up to this point, have they live over 900 years. Adam lived to be 930. His son Seth lived to be 912 years. Correct? Okay, Enos lived nine, uh, 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years. And he died. So the first three that we see in this genealogical record, Adam, Seth, and Enos, every one of them lived over 900 years. But none of them reached to 1,000. Remember what the Lord said, In the day that you eat this, you shall surely die. You're not going to make it to that 1,000-year day. You're going to physically die before you reach that 1,000-year day. So the first three, every one of them lived to be over 900 years. When you come to the fourth person, the first time we see a person not making it to 900 years. Okay, let's keep reading. Okay, with me? All right, Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 905 years and he died. Amen. Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahaliel. That's a big name. Canaan lived after he begat Mahaliel 840 years and begat sons. All the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. So there's, I'm sorry, there's one more person that lived 910 years. And then Mahaliel is the first person that didn't live to be 900. Verse 16, Mahaliel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons. All the days of Mahaliel for 895 years and he died. So we see he's the first one that doesn't make it to 900. Okay? So it's the first four. Excuse me, I made a mistake. First four lived to be over 900 years. Mahalil is the first one that does not make it to that time. So he dies. Okay? We keep reading. Jared lived 162 years and begat Enoch. 
Jared lived her after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Jared were 962 years and he died. So Jared lived over 900 years. Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years. He begat sons and daughters and all the days of Enoch were uh, 365 years. And something happened to him. He didn't die. After his 365 years, the Bible says he walked with God and God took him, translated him. He did not see death. We'll talk about this more in detail in just a moment. Okay? Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. And Methuselah lived 180 and 7 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and 2 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and he died. And Lamech lived 180 and 2 years. He begat a son. He called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah 590 and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 777 and he died. Noah was 500 years old and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Okay, so as we go through these 10, beginning with Adam and all these other people, we go through these 10 different people. We see eight times the term, and he died. God wants you to understand. He wants you to get it. This is the result of sin. This is what happens when a person walks away from God. When they sin against the Lord. It brings death. Okay? Are you understanding that? Alright, let's look at some very interesting things here in the word of the Lord. First of all, let's look at the names. We have Adam. Now, Adam, all the way through Noah, gives you a, a history of man. All the way. It covers all history. Okay, you with me? In these ten names. From Adam all the way to the second coming of the Lord in the kingdom age. Did y'all get that? Okay. The first one is Adam. Adam means red earth. Okay, Adam, the name Adam, red earth, means the natural man. So after man fell away from God, we have him as Adam, the natural man. Now who is his son? According to the word of the Lord. Seth, right? Okay. Seth, now I'm in Genesis 5. I'm not talking about, you know, his first two. I'm not talking about Cain and Abel. I'm talking about the third son of Adam. The third son of Adam is Seth. Alright, so what's Seth? What does his name mean? substitute so what we have is we have the fall of man in Adam the red earth the natural man he is in need of a substitute so we have Seth his name means substitute now when he was born it, it meant that he took the place of Abel okay but it, it means more than that spiritually it's showing you that the natural man Adam needed a substitute so God has him named Seth, substitute, 
for the one who would come and die and be our substitute. You with me? Now, whose son is Seth? Enos. Enos means dying. So what we have is the natural man is named the red earth. We have a substitute, Seth. And then we have Enos means dying. So because of the fall of man, the natural man away from God, he needs to substitute, and that substitute will die, Enos. Okay? What's the next name? Canaan? Where is it at in the Bible? Verse 9, Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. His name means purchased. So we have Adam, the natural man, red earth. Seth, substitute, Enos, dying, and Canaan, purchased. So Jesus is going to come, and He's going to die, and He's going to be our, he's going to be our substitute. He's going to die, and He's going to purchase us from the slave blocks of sin. Now after He does that, we have, in verse 12, Canaan lived 70 years and begot. There you go. Y'all are better than that than I am. Mahalil. Mahalil. And Mahalil means splendor. And that speaks of the resurrection. Okay? So up to this point, what do we have? We have the fall of man, natural man, the red earth. We have Seth, the substitute. We have Enos dying, right? We have Canaan purchased and then. Canaan. Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalil. What does Mahalil mean? Splendor. Speaks of the resurrection. So there's a story being told. So right now with this name we have, okay, we have Adam, we have Seth, we have Enos, correct? We have Canaan, we have Mahalil. Those five names have taken us from the fall of man all the way to the resurrection of Jesus. You with me? Okay. After Mahalil, um, we have Jared. What happened after Jesus rose from the dead? And he ascended up, sat on the right hand of God. What happened? Fifty days after his resurrection? Yeah, he ascended. That's right. Jesus ascended. But... 40 days after the resurrection, or 50 days after the resurrection, what did he do? What happened? He poured out the Spirit. Jared means to pour out. And it's also connected to the word ascending. So already, we've already moved all the way to the day of Pentecost, after the resurrection of Jesus, all the way to the day of Pentecost, when there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost related to His ascending. Okay? Now, the next name. Enoch means to teach. It means to teach. So after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost took place, which is the what time? Time frame. The Jared. You didn't know your name was there in the Bible, did you? So after the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, where are we now in the names? We're in the time when the Spirit of God is teaching the church when we're being taught by the Lord. Correct? Because Enoch means teaching. Now, Enoch was the seventh from Adam and he was translated. He was raptured. 
So we're in that time right now as a church, having received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we're in that time frame right now where we are being taught the things of the Lord. Amen. And we're walking with the Lord. And then we're going to be translated like Enoch was translated. Okay? So we're in that Enoch time frame right now. Awaiting the rapture of the church. Now, keep going down from Enoch. Enoch begat a son and called his name what? Methuselah. What does Methuselah mean? He's got a big old long name. Methuselah means when he dies, it shall be sent. Let me say it again. When he dies, Methuselah, it shall be sent. That's what his name means. And it's connected to the judgment of the flood. So that Enoch died the very day that the flood came. Okay? So God, God said, you're going to call Enoch. You'll call your son's name Methuselah. He'll live to be 969 years of age. And when he dies, the day that he dies, that's when the flood's going to come. Speaks of judgment. All right? So what we see then beyond Enoch, we have the judgments of God falling in Methuselah. You with me so far? And after the judgments of, of God fall upon the earth, what is going to happen after that time frame? The kingdom age. You with me? The kingdom age? The millennial reign when Jesus rules as king of kings on the earth brings you to the next name. Lamech, however you want to say it, Lamech, Lamech. It means king. So what you have here in these ten names is you have the fall of man. We have a substitute in Seth. Enos means dying. Our substitute would die for us. Canaan, purchased. Mahalil means splendor or the resurrection. After Mahalil, what do we have? Jared, a pouring out or an outpouring of the Spirit. After him, we have Enoch, which means teaching. And after that, we have judgment. And after that, the kingdom age. So in the names here recorded in the book of Genesis chapter 5, that's why I tell you, don't just skip over the genealogical records because they have stories in them, stories in the name. So literally, it's amazing to me that God gave us from the fall of Adam all the way to His coming and setting up the earthly kingdom in the names, the story of the history of mankind. See, it didn't catch God by surprise when man fell. He knew what man was going to do. It did not catch Him by surprise. So every name that is recorded in the godly line of Seth has a meaning that takes us through the history of mankind. Amen. So now, Jared, when you walk around, Brother Jared, and people say, what does your name mean? It means outpouring. My name is a type of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. See, so you were destined to be here. Amen? Now, because we have the genealogical record from Adam all the way to Methuselah, then what you have here is a time frame, a space of over 1,600 years. And from Adam to the time of the flood was 1,656 years. We're not dealing with B.C. here. Literally 1,656 years from Adam to the time of the flood. So that this record of people 
how long they live, so on and so forth, is very, very important when you're trying to determine time. So 1,656 years from Adam to the flood. So this fifth chapter covers over 1,600 years in its writing. The chronology that's there, the time that's there is very important. It helps us determine time. Okay? Amen. Now, as we go through the word of the Lord, I want you to notice something here. The Bible says Adam lived to be 930 years. Okay? Now, look at this. This is interesting because the flood takes place 1,656. Adam lived to be 930 years old. That's a long time to live. Are you with me here? Okay, well, if you look at Lamech, way down at the end of the list here, Lamech, let's back up just a little bit, verse 28, Lamech lived 182 years and begot a son. He called his name Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. And Lamech lived after he begat Noah. 595 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 777 years. You see that? Okay. What is interesting when you look at it, okay, 900 and Adam lived to be 930 years old. Lamech lived to be 777 years old. When, okay, when Adam died, Lamech was 56 years old with me that means Lamech talked to Adam and Adam talked to Lamech I want you to see that now Lamech sired Noah so Lamech having talked to Adam because again Adam died when Lamech was 56 years old so Lamech talked to Adam his son Noah's born so Lamech told his son Noah you with me the biblical truth about the creation so on and so forth about the revelation of God from the beginning and so Lamech received that revelation from Adam Adam dies Lamech is 56 years old Lamech tells that revelation to Noah Okay, you with me? Now, the flood comes when Noah is 600 years old. Are y'all with me? When Noah dies, Abraham is 58. So, Adam talked to Lamech. Lamech talked to Noah. Noah talked to Abraham. It only took four people, as far as time is concerned, only four people to pass the revelation of God down from generation to generation so that God protected His revelation. Now, I don't know if you realize that or not, but because of the longevity of the life of these people, these people overlapped. Are y'all with me? Amen? So God could protect His revelation through only four people. Adam, Lamech, Noah, and then Noah talked to Abraham, possibly. And uh, Noah dies when Abraham's 58 years old. 
So the revelation of God is preserved all the way from Adam all the way to Abraham. Amen? Only through four people. Now, as we go through this, uh, you will see something very interesting because four of the people that are recorded in the book of Genesis in the fifth chapter, four of them have statements connected to them. Very important. So as we read through here, uh, let's first of all, the Bible says Adam. Let's look at Adam. Okay, verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Adam lived 130 years, begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. The days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years. He begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. We have a statement made in, in relationship to Adam. The Bible says originally when he was created, this is important for you. When he was originally created, he was the offspring of God himself. He was created in the likeness of God. After the fall, again, the Bible says that a son comes to Adam and he is made in the likeness of Adam. So now the image of God has been marred because of sin. Now listen carefully. That doesn't mean that you and I are no longer in the image of God or that people in the world that are outside of Christ are no longer in the image of God. They are in the image of God. We were created in the image of God, but when man fell, the image of God in man was marred. Okay? Say amen. Now, uh, I, I could tell you more about that, but Brother Timothy is feeling led. He's going to be teaching next Sunday morning because I'm going to be out of town with the cross-country team. And he's feeling led to teach you about the image of God. So I'm not going to get into detail about that. I'm going to let him teach that to you. Okay? But so you'll understand uh, that when uh, man was really created, he was in the image of God. He was the offspring of God. And that image was marred. Okay? Now, everybody that's born in Adam now, with that old Adamic nature, just humanity, physically born, is, is in the image of Adam. You see that. And everybody that's in Adam will what? Die. So you got to get out of that old, old Adam, the old headship of Adam, and under a new Adam or a last Adam. So that you will not die, that you will have eternal life. Okay? And that's all I'll say. But just to point out the fact that Adam has a statement associated with his name. Let's go a little bit further. Are you okay up there? Also notice in verse 4 that Cain, his first son, Abel, his second son, Seth, his third son, is not the only children of Adam. The Bible says he had also sons and daughters, more sons and daughters than those three. So don't think that that Adam only had Cain his firstborn, Abel his secondborn, and Seth his third. He had sons and daughters. Alright? And they were in his image. Now we keep going. We see his thirdborn son, Seth, lived 105 years, and he begat who? Enos. 
Seth lived after he begot Enos, 807 years, begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan, 815 years, and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enos were 905 years, and he died. You with me? This is the godly line of Seth. Verse 12, Canaan lived 70 years, begat Mahalil. And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalil 840 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years, and he died. Mahalil lived 65 years, and begat Jared. Mahalil lived after he begat Jared 830 years, he begat sons and daughters. All the days of Mahalil were 895 years, and he died. Jerry lived 160 and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jerry lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. All the days of Jerry were 962 years, and he died. And Enoch lived 60 and five years, begat Methuselah. Now, another statement. Notice. What we have here is Jared. The scripture says Enoch is begotten of Jared. Correct? Okay. The Bible says Enoch lived 65 years and begot who? Methuselah. When he's 65 years of age, he begets Methuselah. Correct? Now remember, Methuselah's name means when he dies, it shall be sent. The, the flood's going to come when Methuselah dies. Now, notice what the Bible says about Enoch. He walked with God for how long? When he's 65 years of age, right? When he's 65 years of age, Methuselah is begotten. And God tells him to name him, name his son Methuselah. When you die or when he dies, it shall come. So when Methuselah is born, from that time forward, the Bible says he walked with God for 300 years. Right? Something changed in Enoch's life. God gave him a revelation that when, he, when Methuselah is born, that his son, when his son dies, that's when the flood's going to come. And after the birth of his son Methuselah, and the revelation that when he dies, the flood's going to come, when that happened, Enoch began to walk with God. And he walked with God for 300 years. Okay? Now what happened to him? He didn't die. So again, verse 21, Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. 300 years he begat sons and daughters. All the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not. For God took him. Wow. So what we have here is that 65 years, the Bible doesn't say that Enoch walked with God for 365 years. It says he only walked with God for 300 years. So we have a marking point. 65 years. God gives this man, Enoch, a revelation that he is going to judge this earth with a flood because the earth is getting wicked 
Sin is prevalent in society. And because the earth is going to become so wicked, God says, I'm going to have to judge this earth with a flood, Enoch. And you're going to sire a son named Methuselah. And when Methuselah dies, that's when the flood is going to come. So Enoch gets that revelation from God that judgment's going to come upon this sinful world. And every time he looked at that little boy, Methuselah, it was a message. It was a sign from God. So Enoch, when he saw Methuselah, every time he walked around and said, Methuselah, every time he said his name, he was saying, when you die, it will be sinned. When you die, it will be sent. And Enoch didn't know how long Methuselah was going to live. Nobody knew how long Methuselah was going to live. But everybody that called his name was saying, when you die, it will be sent. Judgment's coming. So you can imagine how Enoch was affected by that. It caused him, it changed his life. He began to walk with God when little Methuselah was born. And every time he called Methuselah by name, when you die, it's going to be sin. It's coming. How long are you going to live, Methuselah? He doesn't know that. And every person in the world that addressed Methuselah, they were saying, when you die, it's going to come. When you die, it's going to come. When you die, it's going to, it's going to be sin. Everyone, he was a sign, a prophetic sign from God about the judgments of God coming. And nobody knew how long Methuselah was going to live. But when Enoch got that revelation from God that he's going to judge the earth because of the sin that's in it and that his son is a sign from God, a prophetic sign from God that when he dies, that's when the judgment's coming. It changed his life. And the Bible says that he walked with God for 300 more years. And you need to remember that, again, the reason why God is going to have to judge the earth is because the wickedness of man, the sinfulness of man, is going to be prevalent in society. It's going to be evil. It's going to be wicked. And so Enoch is going to be walking with God during a time of extreme sin and extreme wickedness and evil in the earth. So when it says that Enoch walked with God, that's saying something because he was surrounded by a society of sinful, evil, wicked people who were not walking with God. The Bible says he walked with God. And because he walked with God, the Scripture says when he was 365 years of age, he was not, for God took him. So look at this statement. All the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God. That means he was in the path with God. He walked with God and was not, for God took him. He's the first man that never saw death. After his son Methuselah was born, it changed his life. You know? Amen. And I can look at my life, and just real quickly, I can look at my life, 
And when Victoria was born, we started the church on Brazos. And then Jeremiah was born. And when Jeremiah was born, we moved from Brazos to this building. And I didn't plan it that way. That's just the way it happened. But God uses the birth sometimes of people, the births of children sometimes in a very spiritual, prophetic way. Amen. You don't even plan it out. But that's exactly what happened. Are you here with me? Now, for some of you, you know, think about this. The most dangerous time in your life is when you have children. Amen? Brother Edmonds told me not long ago, he said, a man told me, he said, the most dangerous time in a preacher's life is when he has kids or grandkids. Amen? Because the challenge is going to be, is that pastor's kid going to live for God or not? And is, is his grandkids going to live for God or not? And the challenge for, the, for that pastor is when he has children or he has grandkids, the challenge is to keep them walking with God on the path of godliness and the path of holiness. And if he's not careful, he will compromise when he has kids. So I agree with Brother Edmonds. I agree with what the preacher said. I will say this to you and, and to me and everybody here. Sometimes when you have children, it will be the most dangerous time in your life. Because if they don't walk with God, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? But sometimes when a child is born, something happens in that family. They look at the, we have a we have a baby now. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to live for God. It's time for us to start going to church because we got a baby now. We need to raise him in the things of God. Sometimes when a child is born, it brings people to God because they recognize how important it is to raise their children in the ways of God and the paths of God. Amen. It's a life changing thing. The partying days are over with. You're looking at reality in the crib. You've got to make some decisions now. You know, you can't keep acting the fool anymore. Although there's some that do. Right? There's some that do. But when that little baby was born, Methuselah was born, something changed in Enoch's life. He walked with God from that day forward. For 300 years, he was on that straight and narrow path. He walked with God. He walked on a good path. And as a result of walking on a good path, he had a party. God took him. Amen? So one day, and Methuselah is still alive. Praise God. Are you with me here? Methuselah is about 300 years old. And Enoch's 365 years old. And Methuselah still hasn't died and the flood hasn't come. And one day as Enoch is walking with God on the straight and narrow path, and the Bible says in the book of Hebrews and Jude, it tells us about Enoch. Enoch was a prophet of God. He preached against unrighteousness in society as a prophet of God. He preached of the judgment that was going to come. 
So he didn't just walk with God as a saint. He was a prophet of the Lord. And he, when he preached, he convicted the world of ungodliness and unrighteousness as a true prophet of God. Amen. And this prophet of God not only declared and preached the judgments of God upon ungodliness, but he said the Lord is coming back. He prophesied of the, of the, of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He was a prophet. He preached against sin. He preached against the evil and the wickedness and the immorality of his society as a prophet of God. He upheld the standards of God in the midst of a very dark and evil and sinful society. One day, Methuselah 300 years old, he's 365 years old. The Bible says something happened to this man. Hebrews 11, the scripture said, he pleased God and he was translated. He did not see death. He's walking the path with God one day and he's walking so close to God in the earth. God says, you walk so close with me. Come on up here and be with me. And he was snatched out. He was translated. He's the first man that never saw death. He went from the, from the path that was on the earth walking the streets of gold. His relationship with God was so close. He said, I can't leave you in the earth any longer. Come up here and be with me. The Bible says God took that prophet and that preacher of righteousness and that prophet who prophesied the coming of the Lord, that man that walked with God and that man that pleased pleased God because he did that. God took him and he was not. What do you mean he was not? He was not in the earth anymore. He was in heaven. He was not in the earth anymore. God took him. Hebrews 11 says he was translated. He was carried over. Death. Carried over to the other side. Translated. He did not see death. He was, God took him. He was not on the earth anymore. And can you imagine? When it dawned on people, we haven't seen Enoch in a while. Where's Enoch at? Don't know. We better go find him. Well, I went to his house and I did not find him. He was not found. Where's Enoch? And at some point, a revelation came that God had translated him, had taken him, had carried him onto the other side. He never died. He went straight to heaven, praise God, because he walked with God. He was a preacher of righteousness. He prophesied of the coming of the Lord and he pleased with pleased God. And because he had a good path, he had a good party. And people couldn't find him. In an ultimate sense, he's a picture of the seventh millennium, the kingdom age. People that will be translated from the, the king, the earthly, the millennial kingdom planted in the heavens. But he's also a type of people someday like you and like myself hopefully someday as we're walking with God in this good path the straight and the narrow path 
in the midst of an evil and dark and wicked society surrounded by sin. As you walk that separated, godly life, someday all of a sudden, God's going to come and say, you walk so close with me, I'm not going to leave you in the earth any longer. And He's going to say, come up hither. And you're going to disappear, God, if you're still alive. You're going to be carried over death. You're not even going to see death. You're just going to disappear. And there's going to be people in your family that's going to be looking for you. God took him and he was not. God's going to take you someday if you walk with him and the rapture takes place in your life and you're still alive. God's going to take you someday. You'll be here on the earth and God's going to say, you walk so close with me and you are so different from this world. Come up to heaven and walk with me on the streets of gold. And you don't show up to work. People at your workplace are going to go, we better, what happened to Jared? Amen. The unbeliever, unbelieving boss is going to send somebody to check on Jared. Jared's not here. Mama said, I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him for days. And then it's going to begin to dawn on people that Jared's not the only one missing. Where's Moses? Elena will be looking for him. <laughs> Moses, Moses. Get yourself in here, Moses. I'm going to get you by the ear. No, not really. Moses and Elena is going to be gone. They're going to be disappeared. People are going to be looking. Where are they? They walk with God. And pretty soon it's going to dawn on people that Hallelujah. Born again believers. Those that were baptized in water in the name of Jesus and those that were filled with the Holy Ghost that were a part of His bride that walked with Him. Hallelujah. You had a testimony that you pleased God. You had a testimony that you walked that straight and narrow path and now you've had a good part and God is taking you and it's going to dawn on them. The church is gone. God took them. And we can't find them. Let me just say this. If you don't walk the straight and narrow path with God, you're not going to go in the rapture of the church. If you don't please God, you're not going to go in the rapture of the church. The only way that you can have a good parting is if you have a good path. Hallelujah. How many want to be raptured? I remember a long time ago, my pastor was asked a question by somebody. And uh, basically it was a statement. It said, you only believe people that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost are going to go in the rapture. That's what this man said to my pastor. He said, no. He said, I don't even believe all of those people are going to go in the rapture. Because they're not ready. Just because you're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that you're going to automatically go. You've got to walk with God. Hallelujah. You, you and I have to walk with God that straight and that narrow path. And we're surrounded by all kinds of temptation and ungodliness and wickedness and evil. But if you walk with Him, how many of y'all want to go in the rapture? 
I want to go in the rapture. Praise the Lord. I want to walk so close to God that one day God says, you walk so close with me in the earth. Come on up here and get closer. Get closer. It's real. Let's look at some scriptures so you'll get a little more information about Enoch and his translation. Hebrews 11. You know this area of Scripture is known as the heroes of faith. <coughs> Hebrews 11 and verse 5. Say, by faith. By faith, Enoch was translated. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That man walked by faith with God. He walked by the Word of God. He walked by prayer. That man was a man of prayer. He was a man of the Word. He was a man of faith. By faith, Enoch was what? Translated. He was carried over onto the other side of death. That he should not see death and was not found. Ah, look at that. Genesis says he was not. Hebrews 11.5 says he was not found. Because God had translated him for before he had before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. People actually went to try to find the man and could not find the man. Because God took him. Amen. Jude 14 and 15. Jude is the corridor, the door that leads into the book of Revelation. It talks about apostasies and apostates in the last days. Jude 14, it says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. He was a prophet in his generation. And he comes with 10,000 of his saints. He's going to execute, execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Amen. He was a prophet. And God took him. He's an example to you and to I. And sometimes when we see the darkness and the evil and the wickedness and the unrighteousness and the ungodliness around us, sometimes maybe that thought comes to our mind. It's just too bad. You can't live for God. But you can. That man walked with God. You don't let the devil tell you. you uh, uh, no, no. Don't, keep, don't be lukewarm. You walk with God. You stay in fellowship with God. You hear His Word. You walk by faith. You stay in prayer and you'll be ready for the rapture of the church. Say praise the Lord. So we see he walked with God for 300 years after Methuselah was born. And God took him. That's an exciting thing. It's possible that we're that generation. 
Amen? I do know by the revelation of Scripture that we're in that Enoch generation because we're beyond Jared the outpouring in the teaching time called Enoch. And he was raptured. You are the generation that will be raptured. I don't know if you're going to die before he comes, but you are that generation that will be raptured in connection to his second coming and the judgments. You are that generation. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you looking forward to that time? How many want to go? How many are you going? How many of you are going? You sure? You know for sure today. The Bible says he was translated by faith. He knew he was going. He knew it. There was no doubt in his mind. See, if you have a walk with God the way you're supposed to walk with him, there won't be any doubt in your mind. You, it, you know if you're ready or not. Hallelujah. You know that. First of all, you've been born again to the water and spirit. You're in His kingdom. You're walking with Him the way you're supposed to be walking with Him. You're walking by faith, responding to His Word, and you've got a prayer life. Amen. You're walking in the Spirit. You know it, and I know it. There's no preacher have to walk up and tell you, you're not living right. Sometimes we need to, and sometimes God tells us to. But I'm saying to you, a preacher don't have to tell you if you're living right. Preacher don't have to tell you if you're right with God tonight. Preacher don't have to tell you that. You know it today if you're right with God. I was just kidding you, Elena. I think you'll probably go Moses if you left behind. <laughs> if I was God, I'd take you. I wouldn't take Moses. I'd leave him. <laughs> I would. I'd leave him. You know, no, I changed my mind. Then, if he took you and left Moses, God would say, I'll go back and get Moses. She's crying all the time. <laughs> can't leave Moses. She's crying up here in heaven the whole time he's down there. Are you ready? When you least expect it. In an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. If I were to ask you the question today, how many believe Jesus is going to come in the next 50 years? Most of you will lift your hand. If I said 20, most of you will lift your hand. If I said 10, most of you will lift your hands. If I said in one year... Some of you might lift your hand. But the Bible says, in an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Are you ready for that hour that you think not? I want to be ready, church. Amen. I want to be living in such a way that when He does come, I'm not doing something wrong. Amen? I don't want to be gossiping when Jesus comes to rapture the church. I don't want to be doing something sinful when Jesus comes for the rapture of the church. I'd rather be in a, in a one o'clock prayer meeting on a Friday night. <laughs> Hallelujah. Would you? If Jesus were to come, that's what I want. I want Him to come find me on my knees praying or, or teaching a home Bible study to somebody or baptizing somebody in Jesus' name or being in church. Amen. 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 I sure don't want Him to come when I'm doing something bad. 
That's why we have to be careful with our life. Make sure you have time to walk with God. Because only after you have a good path will you have a good party. Methuselah, 300 years old, he, his daddy just got translated. I'm sure that affected his life. He lived for another and lived for another 669 years. Methuselah did. Amen. He's the oldest man that has ever lived 969 years of age. And God had said, "Call him Methuselah when he dies. There'll be sin. The judgment's coming." Is it not fitting that God? would allow that man to live the longest of any man ever before his judgment came. That shows you how merciful and how gracious God is. The Bible says in Peter that God waited in the days of Noah. He waited patiently for the sinner to repent, for the, the, the ungodly to come to Him and, and turn to Him, for the backslider to return he waited patiently for people to be saved. 969 years waiting patiently for people to be saved. The Bible tells us about Methuselah in verse 25. Methuselah lived 187 years and begat Lamech. And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780. 82 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Methuselah were 960 and 9 years and he died. When you look at the chronological record, the very day that Methuselah dies is when the flood comes. Noah had been busy building that ark hundreds of miles away from any water, busy building that ark. And Methuselah was still alive. Then all of a sudden, Methuselah dies. And the flood comes. It wasn't just an ark that was assigned to those people. The Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He preached to those people in his generation to prepare to repent of the evil because it was a very evil, evil society. Noah preached to them. He built the ark. Amen. Methuselah assigned to them walking around. Oh, man. They have his funeral service. The ungodly line of Cain is wiped out. That society, those people that built the civilization, that built cities, that did not focus on calling upon the name of the Lord, that did not focus on walking with God, that generation, that line of Cain is destroyed. The day that Methuselah died. Verse 28 tells us further information about Lamech. 
He lived 180 and two years old, but got a son and something. Lamech said something about a son. He called his name Noah. And Lamech had, had a son, he called his name Noah. And when he had Noah, he made a statement in connection to this young child's birth. This same shall comfort us concerning our work in the toil of our hands because of the ground which the Lord hath cursed. When Noah was born, Lamech saw something special in that little boy. He said, this, this young man, I'm going to call him Noah, which means rest. Lamech means king, take you all the way to the kingdom age and the rest that you'll find in the kingdom age. I'm going to call him rest. God's going to comfort his people. He saw something very special in Noah. He said, Noah, you're going to do something special for God. I'm going to call you rest. You're going to bring comfort. You're going to bring rest to the people of God. I see something special in you. I see something special you're going to do. Amen. I pray to God that when you have your children that you can look at your children and say, I see something special in you. You're, you're going to be special because God has a special work for you to do. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He called him Noah by prophet, prophecy. He called him Noah because God revealed to Lamech that this little boy is going to be special. He's going to do something special in the kingdom of God. And we know what that was. He built an ark to the saving, not just of his family, but the saving of the whole human race. Because the world is going to be so evil and so violent and so wicked and so sinful. This man Noah, when he builds that ark, he's going to save the human race and he's going to comfort the people of God in his time. How are the people of God going to be comforted? They're going to be comforted when the wicked are judged. They're going to be comforted when sin and evil and darkness is judged. See, any time that evil is removed or taken out of the way, the people of God always are comforted. The ungodliness of society, the ungodliness... Uh, that might be in your family, the ungodliness that is around us in this world, it troubles us. Amen. If you're a godly person, it troubles you. So when God comes in judgment, it's a strange work, the Bible says. It's the strange work of God when God comes in judgment. But He has to do it because of evil and sin and darkness that's in the world. And when He does... Brings a comfort to the people of God. Amen. How many know today when sin is not judged immediately? Are you with me? When people fight the church and they fight the work of God and they fight the ministry and they all of this stuff going on. It it causes you suffering. 
it causes me suffering. If your husband won't live for God, it causes anguish of spirit. If your children won't live for God, it causes anguish of spirit. If your wife won't live for God, it causes anguish of spirit. When that ungodliness and that sin and that unrighteousness is allowed to continue, you're vexed. Your spirit's vexed. When God puts away the evil, brings comfort to the people of God. In Revelation, the Bible talks about after the fall of Babylon, Revelation 18, God destroys Babylon. You know what the church does after God destroys Babylon, that evil city? The Bible say they cry out, Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. They're praising Him. They're praising Yah. They're praising God because that wicked, evil Babylon has been destroyed. God has taken vengeance on her for the blood of His prophets, the blood of the church that was martyred. And the church rejoices and the church is comforted because God has judged Babylon. When you really walk with God and sin is judged, you rejoice. And so, Lamech, when Noah was born, he saw something special in that young man called him Noah, called him rest. There's rest coming, Noah. God's going to judge the evil that's in the world, the sin that's in the world. You're going to build this ark, the saving of the whole human race. You, your wife, Shamham and Japheth and their wives are going to enter into that ark. Eight souls are going to be saved by water. Because Noah, in his generation, pleased God. And God's going to judge He's going to wipe away. He's going to wash away all the sin and bring comfort to the people. So Lamech saw something special in Noah, called him rest, and said, The same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands, because the ground was the Lord cursed. Amen. You keep serving the Lord. You serve God faithfully. Sometimes you're going to get tired. He said, don't be weary in well-doing, though. He said, for you shall reap in due season if you faint not. The more you serve God, the more you labor. Amen. Sometimes you have that weariness. Now, hallelujah. You might get weary in the work. Let me say it again. You might get weary, tired in the work. Well, don't ever get weary of the work. I'll say it again. You might get weary in the work, tired in the work, but don't get weary of the work. Because there's coming a time when the Lord is going to judge the wicked and going to save the righteous. And that's a comfort to you and it's a comfort to me as I live for God. Amen. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Are you glad you're living for Him? Are you glad you're toiling and laboring for Him? Amen. It's not easy. Go get your neighbor and help me preach. You might get weary in the work, but don't get weary of the work. In Jesus' name.
He's a good God. I'm glad I'm walking with Him. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. Just like God said in the days of Noah, judgment's coming. Judgment's coming on this world. And the wicked and the ungodly and the sinner are going to be judged. And there's going to be someday you're going to be thankful for all the labor, all the work that you put in the kingdom of God. Amen. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Rest is coming. Rest is coming. And so the Bible says Noah was 500, 500 years old. And it doesn't say he at that time begat Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Just lets us know he's 500 years old. And lets us know that Shem, Ham, and Japheth were born to him, to him and his wife. And from those three, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, all the nations of the world were repopulated. All the different, uh, the different uh, races of people are different ethnic groups all have come out of those three you can trace your physical genealogy all the way back to one of these three Shem Ham or Japheth the table of nations and so God's going to use Noah that little young man to grow up he says he's 500 here he has these three sons God's going to use them to repopulate the earth in the 7th chapter in verse 6 it says the flood comes when he's 600 years old. 600 years old. And Methuselah's 969. Right now the Lord is merciful and he's gracious. If we wonder why isn't his judgment coming sooner? Because he's long-suffering just like he waited in the days of Noah waited patiently give that one last person an opportunity to be saved one last opportunity to prepare to enter into that ark three levels repentance, water baptism in Jesus name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ Three levels, one ark. Three manifestations of one God. Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Not three arks, one ark. And when you walked into that ark, you walked into Jesus. And the pitch, the word pitch means atonement. You walked into Jesus. I'm thankful today for the mercy and grace of God. And sometimes you wonder, when are you going to judge God? When are you going to come and judge the wickedness and evil that's in the world? Remember, it's His long-suffering. As I close, how many of you are glad today that Jesus didn't come when you were lost? <laughs> how, many, how many are you glad that Jesus didn't come and rapture the church when you were out living like a fool? Amen? I said, living like one. I didn't call you one. I said, living like one. The fool has said in his heart, there's no God. <laughs> Aren't you glad he didn't, Jesus didn't come then? 
Are you glad that Jesus didn't come when you were all backslidden, carnal? Thank you, Jesus. That He come, when we were living like that, we'd have been left behind. And the judgments of God would have fallen upon us. Amen. But He waited. He waited. He waited another 20 to over 20 years. Because if He hadn't waited in over 20 years, you wouldn't be in this church right now. This church is a little over 20 years old. If he hadn't waited another 20 years, you would not be in this church. Amen. And he would have come when you were lost. But he said, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. Because Sister Sonia House is going to respond. I'm going to wait a little longer. Jared Cannon's not going to get in the church the first time he comes. I remember the first time he came, boy, I just, I was so excited to see him because I knew that God had his hand on him. And he came and, you know, and then he didn't come for a long time. And then he came and he's here for real now, for good. Well, what would have happened if Jesus had come in that, in that time? No, he said, I'm going to wait because Jared at some point is going to make up his mind to live for me. Hallelujah to the Lamb. And Friday night he's praying for people to respond to be baptized in Jesus' name. Isn't God good? Aren't you glad he waited? Are you glad he waited? I'm glad he waited. Praise the Lord. Someday it's going to be worth it all. You're going to be comforted all the labor and all the effort that you've put forth and, and you struggle and you're wrestling with why doesn't God judge the sin? He will. He will someday. And as long as you live for Him, it's going to be alright. And that's what Lamech's got a revelation. It's going to be alright because Noah's born. In Jesus' name. Let's stand. Father, we come before You right now. We thank You for being merciful and gracious to us. Be long-suffering God and you continue to be long-suffering Lord waiting patiently in this generation a generation of wickedness darkness and evil and ungodliness you're waiting patiently for one more soul predetermined number that you know God and only you know Father we pray for the salvation of souls. Many people would come into the church so they would be spared the judgments. Lord, you've made a way by which all of us can escape the judgments that will come. We thank you, Lord, for providing for us a substitute that died for us and purchased us and rose from the dead. And Lord, in this generation, Father, having received the Spirit, having been poured out, we now are being taught of you. Let us walk with you and prepare for the rapture of the church. We give you all praise and glory and honor today for what you've done in this service. 
Thank you for helping me, anointing me, doing it through me. Let your spirit strive with men. Let them respond. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before I dismiss you, would you just like to stand where you are and lift your hands to the Lord and in a personal way, tell Him thank you. Tell Him thank you for being patient with you. Maybe today, some of you need to make up your mind like Enoch did. Make up your mind. You know the judgments of God are certain. You know they're coming. Make up your mind to walk with God and please God. Make up your mind to no longer be divided in heart, double-minded. Make up your mind. You're going all the way with Him. There is no other way. Father, I thank You today. You're talking to the hearts of people in this church. Some today, Lord, if You were to come right now, this hour would not be ready. God, move upon their hearts. Draw them by Your Spirit. Let them respond. Lost family members. Lost husbands, lost wives, lost children, lost grandparents, lost aunts, lost uncles, lost brothers, lost sisters. We pray God save them. Draw them by your spirit. Give them another chance. That they might be spared your judgment. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord, I pray again. Pray for this church, Lord, that we would be the people as Enoch was who prophesied and preach against the evil of this day. Take a stand for you, not compromise. And as we do, people would hear the truth and run from the judgment to come. The days are certain. Thank you, God, for your presence that's here like a cloud. It's an honor to serve you. And it's an honor to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Tonight before service, please come early for prayer. Seek the Lord. Amen. Because I believe God's going to do a great thing. He's already doing a great thing right now in this church, in this service. But He's going to do a great thing tonight. You come, you pray, you prepare your hearts to see the goodness of God manifest in your life. You pray for the lost. Pray for your family members. You get a chance to talk to them today. Talk to them. Invite them to the house of God tonight. They may have an encounter, a rendezvous 
with Jesus if you care about him you'll tell him one more time God was merciful to you he can be merciful to them invite your daughters your sons-in-laws your sons God wants to save them he wants to save them before it's too late Father, today, God, I just pray for this house, for this church. Use it to fulfill your purpose and work in this hour. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Thank you for coming.